Welcome to Film Grain, the official podcast of the Film Society of Northwestern Pennsylvania and the Greater Erie Film Office. We're coming to you in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic. Perhaps you've heard of it. Each of us are recording at home in our current format. We discuss industry news and help alleviate your boredom with our film and series recommendations. Plus, we preview our new Film Under Quarantine series, which starts this Wednesday, Earth Day turns 50 years old. We invite you, our listeners, to give your feedback on our selections. We know you have opinions. I'm John Lyons, filmmaker, teaching artist, and director of programming for the Film Society. And I'm Erica Berlin, the executive director of the Film Society. I'm Stuart Nash, cinematographer, guild member, and director of the Greater Erie Film Office. I'm Jesse Olszewski, filmmaker and project coordinator at the Greater Erie Film Office. So this week, we're going to share some new film exhibition stories. We're going to share our thoughts on The King, which we watched this week, available on Netflix, and the first three episodes of The Boys on Amazon Prime. But first, we have a very exciting announcement to make. The Film Society is... Guys, drum roll, please. We're launching a new weekly film series. Film Under Quarantine, or F-U-Q, or what I say in my head every time I look at it, Fuck. <laughs> Could should we like poll the audience to see if they care if we call it fuck or not? Who the can't? distributor for uh, our first film thought it was hilarious and loved it. So fuck is our virtual theater series for our new reality. So John's been working with distributors to create a lineup of the latest art house, documentary, international, and independent films, and a panel discussion or Q and A to go with each. Tickets for book will be available at our website, filmsocietynwpa.org and our Facebook page. And they're $12 a ticket, but that's per household. One ticket per household is all you need. And once you've purchased your ticket, you have 72 hours, that's three days to watch from the comfort of your home. And then on Wednesday evenings, you'll join us for a live virtual event to discuss the film. And this may remind some of you, um, some of our longtime film fans of our former program at the Erie Art Museum. This is a really great opportunity to support the film society and stay connected to the film community. It's an interesting time to be alive. And film and the arts are keeping us entertained and connected. So we hope you'll join us for this new virtual program. Your support means so much to us. Film Under Quarantine is already underway, as John said. So if you're on top of things, you're listening to this podcast on Monday, April 20th. Today, everyone, please join me in wishing John Lyons a happy birthday. Happy oh, birthday. Oh, happy, happy birthday, birthday. John. 420. Birthday. Happy Wash your hands. Yeah, it's Everyone was already celebrating. <laughs> That's right. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> We also have another event going on later. I didn't even think about this. Oh yeah, that's tonight. We have another really cool event. So in honor of John's birthday and the 15th anniversary of his first, I don't short. know if it's your first short one, film, one but it's first. one of the first short films that you've done. Facebook Live Watch Party tonight, 7 p.m. We're watching the short, it's about 40 minutes long. And then we're gonna do a Q&A afterward with John and the original cast. Big What's reunion the film? special. Big reunion. It's called Hunting Camp. Hunting Camp. Hunting Camp. Go and on Facebook, follow us, and uh, yeah, check it out. Yeah, John's posted some pictures recently. I think we should probably put some of those Hunting Camp pictures on the Film Society event page. Okay. 
So what would you say the, the genre is? Drama. Thriller. Thriller-ish. Thriller-ish. Thriller. Yeah. I think it's thriller. Yeah. Thriller drama. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thriller mm-hmm. drama. Yeah. So that's that's tonight. So it's a big day. John's birthday. Our watch party's tonight. And then Wednesday coming up, April 22nd, Earth Day. Two days from now, um, we're going to be hosting the first book panel at 8 p.m. <laughs> That's right. So uh, let me tell you guys a little information about our first selection. Um, it's an award-winning environmental documentary. It's called Earth. It's not uh, Unearth, which is my film that will be coming out sometime on the other side of this uh, <laughs> pandemic. Shameless. Um, yeah. But this is uh, this is this week's New York Times critics pick, um, Manola Dargis, who is pretty much the biggest known critic nowadays, um, picked it for the Times critics pick. And she said that only an idealist invites his audience to look at the world as closely and deeply as he does. And he reminds us that it is only by seeing, really seeing the world as it exists that we stand any chance of saving it. Um, so the, the topic of the film is, uh, or I guess the setup for the film is that there's seven, there's several billion tons of earth that industry moves annually by various forms. Uh, this documentarian observes, he goes around the world and films in seven different locations where we're transforming the planet on a huge scale. Um, So it starts off in California where they're literally taking out mountains to put in strip malls and condos. Um, There's a big tunnel sliced through the rock at Brenner Pass. There's an open cast mine in Hungary. Um, They have these huge marble quarries in Italy. There's a copper mine in Spain and it ends up um, at the tar sands in Canada. Um, which are really particularly uh, awful and dirty. Um, So for this event, we're partnering with the Green New Deal Coalition and Echo People at Meadville Area Senior High. Um, Normally for these events, just so you guys know, uh, we split 50-50 with the distributor. So thank you so much for supporting us through this. For this event, we're giving a buck each um, to these organizations that are fighting for uh, our environment and a cleaner backyard here in Northwestern Pennsylvania. So um, details of the panel discussion that Erica was talking about will be available um, when you go to the sales page to purchase Earth to watch. Um, They're going to be via Zoom and they will be live and we will record them too and we'll put them on our on our Facebook page as well. So the plan is um, we'll do Earth this week. Next week, April 29th, we're gonna do the new crime comedy, The Whistlers, which is a lot of fun. Uh, May 6th is a documentary that is, it's really getting, it was getting quite a lot of buzz before all the film festivals shut down. Um, It's called Slay the Dragon. It's about gerrymandering um, and it's infuriating. Uh, very important for us to look at now because every year that ends in a zero that's when the politicians that are in office get to redraw um, all the districts in their voting area 
And if you don't know what gerrymandering is, um, you've probably seen it on the news when there's all these crazy counties and districts drawn in states, basically just so that politicians can ensure that they win all of their elections. Mm -hmm. It's so terrible. Um, so yeah, go to our Facebook page and our official website, filmsocietynwpa.org to purchase your pass to see these movies. And then join us so that we can see you. Yes, that's the important thing. Join us for the discussion. Join the Zoom meetings. We miss seeing everyone's faces. So come be with us online. For sure. Do we want to announce that our annual meeting is also Monday, April 20th? Yeah. So today, Stu, when is it later today? Five o'clock tonight. If you would like to attend and you're not on our email list, you have to sign up to be on our email list. I'm distributing the link to the Zoom meeting via an email. So it's yeah, not going to be posted on Facebook. Yeah, it went out this morning. So um, let us know if yeah. you missed yeah. anyone. <laughs> if you hear this and you, yeah, <laughs> just let us know. Hollywood. So everyone knows movies have not been able to make their profits in theaters. Instead, they're relying solely on streaming, digital download. And you may have noticed some big films come out for the premium price of $19.99. Films like Invisible Man, Birds, Little Women, Doolittle. The big player right now, though, which I think everyone is thrilled about, Trolls World Tour which yes. is currently steamrolling the competition. Uh, <laughs> it is currently only available for rental. So for $19.99, you can get the film 48 hours, but not to keep, much to the dismay of all of the parents in America. <laughs> yeah, that's a, good, that's a good point, right? Because it's 20 bucks, but your kids probably can't watch it 100 times in forever, right? Yeah, you got to pay for it again later. Just another 20 bucks. <laughs> Good point. And similarly, uh, Birds of Prey from Warner Brothers was out for the premium price, $20, and they had announced that they were going to lower the price sometime in April, but they did it after just two weeks. You can now uh, download it for $5.99, which put it right to number one on iTunes. Mm -hmm. I think the, the takeaway from all these distributors, basically they're just experimenting with new ways how they can maximize their return. In my opinion, and it, might, it might seem like they're trying these new methods, but to me, it just seems they're using old methods on a new platform. Mm -hmm. um, it, it seems like if a movie's not doing well, they, they lower the price right away. Just like in the theater, if a movie wasn't doing well, it would go down to like two screens, then one screen, then right. no screens. Mm. And it was in the $5 bin at Walmart. And I would anticipate we're going to see more specials, more creative specials, like an early download access time, or you can download it for these two days and then it's going to go away and not be available for a while to try and get people, you know, to create that fake scarcity so that people just buy I don't Let's know see, what you guys think. Are you allowed to buy it? Like, can I go purchase trolls or is it only available to rent trolls right now? Just, Just rent. rent. 
Okay, at twenty dollars a pop. Current. And as birds okay. of prey. Why would I not rent? want to buy it? Of course, like you were saying, yeah. Instead of just right. Uh, birds of prey, you can download it. Okay, Jesse, I I know this isn't one of the films that we were going to talk about today, but I'm curious why, because Birds of Prey, I would have thought would have been a big hit, and I'm kind of reading between the lines of what you said that you know dropping the price that much. It it did not do well in theaters, and they changed the name right after the first weekend, and then they're lowering the price so much. Like, I was a little disappointed in it, but. I thought it was like on par with, you know, the type of movie that they were making. It was fun and crazy and brightly lit. And Well, I think with that one, it's a, it's kind of its own case because it was released in theaters before the pandemic started. So I think they had a better feel of what the reception was. No, I just mean, why do you think this, this movie bombed and continues oh. to bomb? Well, it was the original out? title. You said they had a name change. Oh, yeah, I can't even remember the original title. It was super long. Because I had no idea this was about a Harlequin. Oh, it, it has like a play title. It's like Birds of Prey and the Exotic Amazing Story of Harley Quinn uh, and Her right, Journey okay. or something right. like that. I, do um, I don't know. I've talked to a few people and they all say um, that they love Harley. They thought she was good. The other female leads seemed a little scattered. Uh, not as compelling and also I I heard a lot of criticism over the way they time jump to tell the story like it's a series of flashbacks with Harley narrating I don't know it's just there's so many superhero movies it's it's hard it's hard to uh, I I just feel like they're easy targets they're low-hanging fruit yeah, I, I just, I'm surprised that it's bombing. I mean, she was the best part of that movie. What was the movie? Suicide Squad. Yeah, she she like, you know, took all the energy out of every scene that she was in. So I get the critique on this one too with the women, but I don't know. I would think that would be enough of a reason to see Margot Robbie just being a crazy badass and lit with candy. <laughs> you know, like all the lighting is like... Yeah, it Pastels was very and, aesthetically pleasing. Yeah, it was beautiful. And she produced this one. Yeah. Like she got on board, so. It's violent as hell. I mean, I would think that, like, I don't know. I I don't understand why it continues to bomb. That's all I wanted to say. I will say there's a new um, Harley Quinn TV show. I watch it through the DC Universe app. It's kind of like a rated R cartoon, but it's super funny. Like, Harley Quinn is so in right now in the comic world. She's the Deadpool of the DC universe. I don't know. But you can get it for $5.99. Judge for yourself. Who's going first, Stu? One film, one series. Time for our weekly discussion. And I got the choice of one film, which I chose this week, The King, which is basically the story of young Henry V, who then this uh, interpretation they call Hal. And uh, it's basically his encounter of deceit, war, and treachery after becoming the reluctant king of England. This is the aftermath of his brother's death where the story is told. Uh, You're either going to love or hate this because if you're a Shakespeare purist or a Hollywood story, uh, you know, romance uh, storyteller, uh it depends because um Mm -hmm. it's not true to shakespeare per se as far as how it is told 
Um, I think uh, you're either going to like the epic battles and the, I liked it, you know, I thought it was cool. It was a brand new version of a, a different period piece. Um, and I'm curious what you guys thought. I loved it. I was just sucked right in. And I, I don't know if I, uh, I think it's just, I, I enjoy that kind of story with like the underdog ruler who, who's kind of thrust into the position. I don't know. It really, I, I liked it. Um, and I, and I did go back and notice the, like the first hour, there's not a lot of action. It's mostly drama. It's mostly just the threads of their lives intertwining with each other. Then the last half or the last third had that big battle, which was pretty cool, but yeah, that was cool. We got engulfed. I won't yeah. And I think they've, they've done this in other mediums. I'm like not that, sure. I mean, I didn't go into it like looking for it to be accurate to, you know, whatever the source material. I thought it was just extremely um, well done and entertaining. Uh, I really like the, the cast. Uh, I think it's just solid. I mean, I have a sweet spot, as you guys know, for um, costume period pieces and romances. <laughs> yeah, they really good. <laughs> I on those. But I yeah, also, they did. I also really have a sweet spot for like, you know, knights and swords and shields and, you know, all, all that gladiator kind of stuff and knight, knight yeah. stuff. I, I love it. So, um, yeah, I don't have any. Pattinson, French oh. That's what I was oh, going to yeah, say. Yeah. I loved him. I loved him. And I love Joel Edgerton. He's yes. great. I love almost everything he's in lately. I, yeah. I was thinking about it, how I've, you know, I'd say that from like 2005 to now, he's had all these like hero roles. But just recently, I've started to see him in like the wise old man roles. And he's all often mm. producing these films as well. And it's like he's kind of shifting the roles he likes to play and mm-hmm. I thought he was great as Falstaff. Yeah, I liked him a lot. I I had so many thoughts when watching this movie. I mean, the first time I watched, uh, I saw the beginning and I saw the end and I slept through the middle. And then I watched it again. Sometimes that happens. Guys, sometimes it happens. Especially we can't if take that as a negative with Erica, that's like a standard. So if that's she comes standard. back and if she comes back and finishes it, that's the good sign. <laughs> Good. You got a guarantee she'll sleep. <laughs> Will she come back? Well, guys, it was also at like ten thirty on Saturday night, so that's late to start a movie for me, right? Am I am I not the only well, one? No, okay. I'm bet. <laughs> um, but I had so many thoughts. <laughs> Sometimes they're just strange observations, but my God, these guys in the metal armor that those armor suits are so heavy and i don't know what like i don't know how real those suits were but even when his brother i can't remember the brother's name but right at the beginning when he like walks in you know and he like sits down to like talk to his lord you know whoever he's talking to oh my gosh i just was laughing because it's so shiny He's new to battle. You know, everyone is a little more uh, war-wise, I guess. And he comes in in his shiny armor. And then he gets into this physical fight with this guy. I just loved it. All of that man-to-man combat in this heavy metal armor. Like, good on the actors, because that must have been so miserable. Hot, heavy. Even when they were fighting... There's the scene where they're both laying there for a second, just like, hi- like, because <laughs> they 
they're because they're trying to catch their own breath they can't even keep fighting it's it's so so you're saying you don't need to see skin for guy fights you absolutely don't full plate armor is full armor that's what does it for me <laughs> Stu, do you want? Did you give us like a proper synopsis for like those who? Uh, don't well, it's know the what story of Henry V. It's the story yeah. of what's, Henry V. Which, by, is, story? he was not a real person. It, uh, yes, he was. Was Henry V? Yes, he's a historical character. Henry V was. I mean, this was the early 1400s. Um, he was a king for nine years, I think. He was the son of Henry the Fourth. Um, who was like a, a tyrant, tyrannical ruler, right? I, 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 I'm not that great on my, you know. Well, if, yeah, from my research too. Yeah, that's what I saw too, you know, so. Yeah, so he was he was the king, um, young, young king, like mid 20s to mid 30s. He died when he was 35. So he was romanticized in Hollywood eyes. So I mean, yes. you know. Well, Jesse, I mean, she- Falstaff wasn't a real person. Falstaff is in all of Shakespeare's plays. Right, he's not. As a, a fake person. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so Henry the, the Henry the Fifth was real. Gotcha. But he was a real person. The oh, Hundred Years' oh, War was a real that. thing between England and France. They actually fought the Hundred Years' War. I think Henry was mostly known for his his military might. You know, he was a reluctant king, like Stu said, but he ended up um, being quite um, proficient in in battle, and his military victories kind of. Gained, got him very close to, uh, I mean, they, they wanted to take over France. They wanted to. Uh, so I got a question though. What is it about Timothy Chalamet? Is my saying that right? Chalamet? Chalamet? Timothy Chalamet. What, what makes him <laughs> such a, a nice little up and coming actor. He reminds me of Daniel Day-Lewis kind of. We'll see. We'll see. He should have come to the Oscars in that. He came to the Oscars in that blazer or that, uh, it was like a yes. track jacket. Yeah. yeah. He's, so I like him. I think he's very cute. He's very young. He feels like that gen- that new young generation. I don't know. There's something about him. Like if you took him and like Billie Eilish and like put them together, that would be like the, the epitome, couple. like the master couple <laughs> epitomizing this. Because it's not millennial anymore. It's the next one. I don't know what the next one is, but they kind of epitomize Trilineal. that. Trilineal and um, awkward, yeah. But I'm telling you, like so. So Saturday night, after I woke up from watching the King, we put Saturday Night Live on. Oh yeah, that's now from home. That skit was one of the good ones. It was one of the good ones. Pretty crappy. Yeah, some of it was bad. I like the Ruth Bader Ginsburg fitness. That was good. Back to Timothy Chalamet. This this young female cast member. Everyone was like his fashion or something, like him yeah. wearing all of these like basically hats. He was given tips, jackets. yeah, like clothing tips. tips. But he was such an airhead and he it was, was like, great though. <laughs> it was definitely so... linked to it in the show notes. It's worth it's worth <laughs> a watch. It's worth a watch, but like watching that, watching, you know, an impersonation of him, like in real life, after watching him in this role of Henry V, where he's like you know, serious and angry and, oh my God, it kind of like shattered the illusion a little bit for me. <laughs> Can we yeah. talk a little bit about uh, David, uh, the director, Mashad? Has everybody seen Animal Kingdom? 
Wait, we're still talking about the king. Yes, we are, but he's talking about the filmmaker. Animal Kingdom, oh. no, I don't think I have, unless okay. I have, and I'm not. I saw long. trailers for it, but I didn't. This is it. one that. Oh, yeah, the series? This is not, no, not the series, the series, not the, the, movie, the, the movie. movie. If This is one that really went under the radar that if people haven't seen, uh, John, I, I, I love this movie. Uh, and I, I think it went criminally sort of underwatched. Uh, but I think you can just catch it on a few streaming services now. But it, he's sort of starting to put together, and I don't know if you saw the Rover War Machine as well. He's starting to put together sort of, there's like a leitmotif that's going through all of his films now about like uh, the relationship of men and then sort of how uh, the perversion of power amongst men and stuff like that. And like he's putting it in different sort of different boxes and he's exploring those relationships. And I think it's kind of interesting what he's doing I mean, maybe it's not the newest uh, sort of material to sort of go through, but he, I think he's doing it in a very, uh, in a very modern day glance. And uh, it's, it's, it's interesting. So wait, 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 just let me just backtrack here. So is the series based on this movie? The series was based off of the movie. The movie, and I, I have no idea this. the movie existed. And I'm looking at the cast here. Once again, Joel Egerton, Ben yeah. Nevin. So yeah, it was like one of his first roles, I believe, probably, right, Mike? At least it is, yeah. It, Dude, it, it, it is. And it's the movie. I mean, I've heard the show's actually really good, but the I movie. I won't watch the show. I thought it was pretty good. The movie has some nasty bite to it. It is a dark film noir. There's this wave of Australian directors who's coming out, storytellers, and um, yeah, they're really like dirty, dirty and gritty, <laughs> mean. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, the new like, literally, they took they, the shot where he killed the guy by shoving his face in the mud, and you could literally hear him like yeah. slurping the mud into his lungs. Oof. Gritty, yes. good sound. Dirty and dirty and gritty. Like, I skipped War Machine because I heard it's terrible. Um, that's also on Netflix, right, with Brad Pitt? Is it good? Yes, it is a Netflix one as well. Uh, I've seen, not that, I, I like Rover, actually. The Rover. I like Rover a lot. Yeah, uh, that was another one that if people haven't seen, I would highly recommend, uh, sort of went sort of under. And that one I think you can actually watch on Amazon Prime. That's Thomas Jane, right? Uh, sure. No, it's Guy, Pier- Guy Pierce and Rob Patterson. Yeah, that was, I yes. think, Patterson's yes. first non-Twilight movie, if I remember. Oh. It's, it's a good one. Yeah. Well, so everybody liked The King. Yeah, yes. two thumbs up. Yeah. Even I want the, the um, his good sister thing. in the beginning. He's taking a little walk. Maybe it's his oh, yeah. I don't know. I really wanted, like, her dress. She had this really great, just kind of, like, Sorry. like <laughs> bag. It was, like, a big, like, just sheet of fabric, basically. It was just, like, draped. It's great. I'd love that. And love not, that. To, not to contradict my wife, but the credit goes to the stuntman. Yeah, it was a great action scene. It, it's yeah. a great, the one that, where you're talking about the actors where their credit should go to the stuntman, right? Oh, now. everything. It, it's, a, it, it's actually, I was watching for it to see if it was one take and now they cut. It's clearly, they go to the stuntman. Are you talking Are about you? Thomas and Mackenzie? Yes. That's who you're yes. talking about with yes, her and her dad, and they went about. in the woods. That was Leave No Trace that we showed it. Thank you, John. That's yes. Who that girl is. That's who it is. Leave she No Trace. She was also in Jojo Rabbit, which we just showed earlier. Right. That's oh my gosh. Right. Yeah. That's okay. God, she looks so much like. Uh... We don't do good with the thinking <laughs> no, of names. No. Just, you, just everybody on these from now on, pull up IMDb in a tab so that whenever. Zombie movie. Woody Harrelson. What series? Abigail Breslin. 
Okay. Very much Abigail Breslin. Yeah. Okay, we're moving on. Was she yeah. the one? Oh, stop it! <laughs> so I recommended that? The Boys, which is a series you can watch on Amazon. It's a superhero show, and it's basically a group of vigilantes trying to take down corrupt superheroes who are super powerful and completely insecure and self-serving people. And have the financial backing of a American capitalist supergiant company. So the, the odds are highly stacked against them. The vigilantes have to rely on their skills to try and take them down. What did you guys think? I gotta admit that a bunch of people have told me to watch this series. And I have just been like so over comic book movies. That I was like, <laughs> eh, I'm not watching that. But I got to tell you, Jesse, I was so into this show that I watched all of season one. <laughs> that makes me happy. That's the same thing that happened to us. We didn't even know what it was, really. Yeah. We ended up watching the whole show in one night. I am so glad that it's not. I mean, it's like, OK, I'll get into a couple, a couple of things. I mean, it's so nice to see like mortality brought back into like superhero mm. stories you know because that's my big thing with all the marvel movies is there are no stakes at all or there's like false stakes where somebody will die in one movie and then they come back the next movie or in a different reality or some bullshit unless time you're a villain travel, man time if you're travel, a villain bro. you if you're a villain you die but if you're a, a good guy there's no way you can die which to me takes all the drama out of every single story that you can tell if they're I mean, really that's the comic good. book world no it's totally not i feel like dc is completely different than than marvel in this well way. in the sense that the the key heroes never really die in the comic world don't you think that's what's nice about the boys it's like it's kind of oh yeah it's For taking sure. shots at Marvel and DC, obviously, yeah. about that, to John's point about that, mortality and morality. Uh, morality, uh, for sure. The yeah. morality, <laughs> honestly, the first time I watched it, the things I thought it was uh, calling out were the Hollywood industry, because yes. these superheroes were essentially actors. Well, she goes, I don't know if it's the first three episodes, I'm sorry, but she goes to um, a crime scene and she's given like a call sheet and it looks identical to a film yeah. call sheet you get yeah. when you're crew on a set. And so then the other starlight, which is kind of like the entry level character right. in this world. Well, even the first shot when they're doing all the pictures coming together and do the clash, that's a shot. That's like kind of taking a stab at Marvel right there. Oh yeah. 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 I know what you're For talking sure. about. I think it's justified. It's okay to have some, some of that. It's nice to have a satire with a brain. Yeah. I love the like the cast and the tone and like some of the casting choices like the guy um, what's the name of the character that's like Superman Jesse Homelander Homelander I mean oh, when you great. look at like his eyes he just <laughs> looks like so conflicted and dead and <laughs> contradiction like yeah. I mean whoever they found for that guy yeah the real fucking creep. one of the early episodes he get he goes on his own and like brings down a plane with an important person on it right and goes yeah. to the head of the company and she's like did you ever think maybe i needed him alive and he's like <laughs> <laughs> yeah for being the lead he was very insecure yeah it was great <laughs> he's so good at it anthony star new zealand anthony star mm -hmm. new zealand 
there's a God. I mean there's a couple the only thing really that I think is the weakest point is the editing um there's a couple fight scenes with and I feel like some of the women characters like uh I didn't know until like episode four or five what the Viking lady's name even was I don't even know if they even said what her name was in the early episodes but there's like some fight scenes with her that are edited like so poorly like worse than the worst transformers michael bay style <laughs> editing um, where you can't tell anything that's going on that's the only thing that i thought was weak but um for you guys if you like the show i would say episode four has what i thought was like the most powerful scene in the whole series yeah, and it really i know the one you're changes. talking about it really changes everything, and it's so fucking dark. <laughs> I would have to agree with John, too, man. I went to this thinking, oh, God, another uh, superhero movie that I'm like, I don't want to sit through. But I was very pleasantly surprised <laughs> because it had this Ender's Game tone to it where the good guys, supposed good guys, are actually bad guys. And uh, But... I got to say, I've seen, well, I saw the, the first two. It does, it's heavy on the CG. Obviously, it's about superheroes. But I didn't, like the initial death, like how come that wasn't avoided? You know what I mean? It's like you're telling me the guy's got superheroes, but, you know. Oh, like, you have to watch. Yeah, like, they go into that. Two inches. I mean, yeah. she's standing on the curve. He couldn't have been like two feet off to the left. I mean, as even the one actor or the one character. Yeah, stayed. you got to keep watching. You, you got to keep, keep watching. watching. There's more okay. to it. And then, um, yeah, you know, having a suppository hand grenade, you know, that's also pretty classic. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I love oh the Frenchie character. I thought he was so good. Yeah. yeah. Eric, I'm curious how you think uh, the women are handled because I feel like right. sometimes, because a lot of, it seems like every episode's not that guys can't make stuff about women, but it felt like a lot of, like, the feminist moments were super heavy-handed sometimes and, like, they would keep showing close-ups for like a minute of like the same reaction to make sure that you got that like <laughs> this woman yes. is feeling bad because she's having to wear a different costume in front of this little girl. And it's yeah, like Elizabeth Shue, she was, I liked her. Yeah. She, she yeah. did a decent job, but I see exactly what you're saying. There were points where like when she did the one little blackmail scheme, uh, where it was a little heavy-handed, like you said. So. Yeah, it would be like, we're feminists. Come on, guys. Do you see? <laughs> I don't know. What do you think, Erica? We're all kind of gushing. What, yeah, what, I know you are. Um, you know when you watch something like with, with one eye here and then another eye like doing something completely unrelated? That's you kind of how I watched it. The Boys. Okay. Uh, not that I didn't like it. It just didn't grab me the way that I think you guys did. I guess it's just... Um, the too macho, too masculine, too... Uh, it was really like, yeah, it was like the suppository grenade and like, you know, like super, super violent. It, that just, I generally am not even attracted to superhero movies like for reals. So a series about making fun of them. It's like, I don't even get the joke well enough, you know, because I'm not deep into Marvel and DC. I can't identify and really appreciate you know the the satire i don't think but, it was a joke by the way I, I feel like they handled it really seriously what i didn't take it as, i don't take it as making fun of dc and marvel necessarily i feel like oh. it's trying to make a realist version of if people had super super okay in the world 
first. Oh, okay. Well, then, see, I don't even, well, puts, like, I'm just not in the universe enough to even know that it's not a joke. Because <laughs> that, that's kind of how my mindset was when I started watching. It's like, oh, it's just, like, making fun of DC and Marvel. Gotcha. But I did, I mean, I certainly, I can appreciate it. I thought it was pretty well produced. What I saw looked really good. Like, the tone and the color and all of that, it had, like, a really... Kind of exciting vibe for me. I definitely liked Starlight, but yeah, I didn't really, it, I didn't even absorb it being kind of smack you over the head feminism. I mean, I kind of felt it. Like I, I kind of felt for it. they. Okay. Sometimes cool. you have to do smack over the head feminism stuff for like your average male audience, John. Like not everybody <laughs> sure. is as <laughs> as advanced <Terrible>. as you. <laughs> <Awful>. <laughs> <laughs> just saying tune in next week right. when we appreciate <laughs> your perspective erica it's it's, yeah, no, that's it's, fine. it's needed you. i don't have much else to say about the boys except that i think the boys are gonna love it what about you mike as somebody who's liked him for a long time it's real nice to see carl urban actually like get something to bite like sink his teeth into He's doing yeah, his best it. Tyler Durden. Yes, yeah. for sure. And yeah. it's definitely like... It's people, working for people, him. Yeah, and for people who don't know him, he's Bones in Star Trek. I think, Steve, you pointed that out last week. And uh, yeah. and, an, and another comic book movie, which people haven't seen, well, the, the Dread. Judge Dread one that they made. I love it. I love it. I love movie. Dread. <laughs> it's the raid. It's, a, it's the plot of the raid, but it's great. <laughs> uh, no, I, I saw this. I saw the series when it came out originally and um i had known i actually knew about the the graphic novels a little bit so i sort of knew what to expect and i didn't think that amazon was going to go as well, full the tilt. graphic novel is way more graphic way more graphic and uh but i thought that they did a nice job uh it, it's fun i'm glad that they didn't pull their punches yeah i don't think it needs to be more violent i think the social commentary is strong yeah, so I hope it. I hope it doesn't for season two. If is there going to be a season two? Yeah, yep. yeah. Uh, trailer already dropped. Uh, it should be coming out pretty soon. I hope they don't just turn up the violence because I feel like if the show says a lot just about humankind. Yeah, yeah. and and all of our proclivities. Yes. <laughs> so it sounds like probably Erica is not into it so i'm curious what what the demo is for for the show i wonder if us all just men brooding men <laughs> brooding men men looking for an outlet for more violence no i'm kidding no you're dead serious because my <laughs> wife said the same thing she completely <laughs> agrees with everything you just said she told me that an hour before we started this so yeah i couldn't get she basically it. said Think of it like how you think about Star Wars. And I said, what are you talking about? That's the greatest ever. She's like, yeah, well, you know. And I was like, well, there is Star Wars and there's nothing else. So, you know. <laughs> sure. Yes. Right. Some, some may say. Some may say. But, yeah. Well, I, will be, I won't be going through the rest of the season. But overall, two good picks. I thought The King was awesome. I loved watching that. The Boys, I would skip, but that's just, that's me. I would almost want to talk Erica into watching the four, up to the fourth episode. And then after what happens in the fourth episode, if you're not hooked. Yeah, I know it's it does take a tonal shift yeah. later in the series. 
I will take that recommendation and give it till the fourth. Wow. Good. Okay. I don't know if I will. We'll see. <laughs> I tried. Yeah, I know. Thanks, John. Try. <laughs> She's not going to. You might as well. I mean, <laughs> you can. A hey, four I, out of five. What are you going to do? I yeah. appreciate. Exactly. Exactly. Well, cool. So another, um, so we had said before, you know, like people who listen and, and follow us should tell us what they're watching. So I wanted to share one of the, uh, the hot, the hot items right now that a lot of people are talking about. Um, in particular, a lot of Mike's friends, this is, appeals to dudes in a different way. Um, but definitely not just dudes, because if you're a music fan, then you definitely have heard about this. But We Were Brothers documentary that was just released. Um, it's a rental. You can't stream it. You got to pay for it. But it is a documentary about the, the, um, the band, the band, the band. The trailer looks awesome, but people are just raving about it. Um, Mike, I think you, you kind of thought about it a little bit more than I did. I don't know if you want to say something yeah, about it. Yeah, I mean, I've talked to a couple of my friends. Uh, so not to get too much in, uh, off the beaten path, like grew up, one of my favorite documentaries period of all time is The Last Waltz. I don't know if it's, you could call that a documentary in the true sense, but uh, like I've actually gone and I went to a screening where Martin Scorsese did a whole Q&A for The Last Waltz. It was pretty awesome. Ron Howard, Brian Glazer were all involved in the making of this uh, from the band. And they're kind of, I mean, if you follow music, you know who they are. But they have uh, certainly, as time has gone by, they've sort of gotten a little bit more forgotten to some of the other more legacy artists. And uh, But they're incredibly important for a music Americana and classic rock. And uh, it's kind of nice to see a documentary uh, sort of putting a spotlight on their story. And they're originally, a lot of them are actually from Canada originally, but uh, how they came to be and, uh, you know, their rise and then their mutual decision to part ways as a group before things, before the rails really come off. And I've, I know the story of the band, uh, to be honest, so, but I am looking forward very much because there's some pedigree. It's a who's who gave testimonials and conversations about how the band uh, influenced them from uh, Bruce Springsteen, Bob Dylan, I think is in it, uh, Peter Gabriel, uh, Martin Scorsese talks in it, Eric Clapton. Uh, so it's just like you have about like the last 50 years of classic rock talking about this seminal rock and roll band and how they impacted and had ripple effects throughout the music industry. Yeah, so that's that's one that's out there. I don't know if anyone has anything else to share. Juan? I mean, can I can I share one one more? Um, so Phoebe Waller Bridge, uh, she went on stage to do Fleabag one last time, and it is now available to rent on Amazon for five bucks, and she's donating the proceeds to COVID somehow to help something with the pandemic. Um, and it's an hour and a half, one woman show, nonstop, doing all the characters' voices, just her in a chair. Um, have you guys seen this? You're nodding your heads, but it's, it's I can't really wait great. to see it. That sounds really awesome. Great. I can't wait to see it. Yeah. Fleabag right. was funny. Yeah, I was surprised too. Again, I like the whole approach to that, how she breaks the wall and what have you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. well, this cool. is her pretty much doing season, season one in a chair all at once in one sitting. It's incredible. Wow. Speaking wow. of Phoebe Waller, season three of Killing Eve has just come, uh, started, right? Yes, it has. You can watch um, season one and two one, for free Hulu. on Hulu. Yep. Yep. And if you haven't seen that, that's a good one to watch. Oh, wait, wait, I want to back one little comment about that article uh, earlier with uh, the whole troll thing. 
I heard Trolls World place. Tour. Yes, Troll World right. Tour. <laughs> uh, right. I can't wait for the international. Uh, anyways, my point being, uh, the Tiger, the Tiger King, Tiger King, yes, did as well on the Tiger King. Did as many viewership in the first week as uh, uh, Avengers Endgame. Makes total sense. Yeah, I think you, I saw thirty five. Due to yeah, due to million. COVID, obviously, and all that stuff. Yeah. But as many people in the first week who bought tickets for Avengers Endgame have now viewed, which I thought they think they said was literally like thirty. Wasn't it thirty million people or something? Thirty four million unique views over its first ten days. Yeah. Wow. Which and is very close to Endgame. The other thing wow. too with Netflix, you know, they don't share their statistics publicly, so no. I always they wonder. They don't even have the star system anymore, which drives me nuts. Yeah, so it's like, you know, I t- I take them with a grain of salt. They could just pull stuff out of their ass and say, "Hey, watch this show," and they just say that they got thirty million viewers, but there's no way of checking that. I would believe it. It that sounds really- feasible. Is oh, it? it does for that, sure, but what the hell? That one got into the cultural zeitgeist yeah. pretty, pretty quickly and pretty deep. Oh, yeah. I dove right into meme, meme. I have a pretty oh. strong wall of memes that I cultivate on my Facebook, and it was all <laughs> Tiger sure King for uh, <laughs> a good, <laughs> good couple weeks. It's still going. I think we should give Mike one of the, one of the ne- next picks, either TV oh. or series. Yeah. on the spot oh yeah on the week. spot oh boy okay so this is one of my personal favorite films and i haven't watched it in a while and this is a certainly a hard time to be watching but i'm gonna but i'm kind of interested to and i've been thinking about it for a while and i want to sort of see it with fresh perspective and fresh eyes and have a conversation with this respected deos and the film is Children of Men. Oh, oh we've yeah. all seen it. We've all that. seen it, uh, but I think sure. it would be interesting to watch it now. It has uh, been a long time since I've seen it. Yeah, it's, okay. And I, I think, it, and this is one one of these films that I'm always surprised that more people haven't seen. And those who have seen it, it always tends to leave quite a bit of an imprint. And I just think it would be an interesting one to go back and watch this, uh, considering uh, the plight of the world right now. It's gonna be dark. It's gonna be heavy. What's the story of Children of Men, Mike? But it is. Um, it is. Uh, Clive Owen plays a former uh, activist, let's say, and he has he's lost his faith in mankind, and uh, there is a plague that is uh, going around the world, and women have stopped being able to uh, see through pregnancies. And uh, let's. And for, I don't want to give too too much away, but. Uh, he finds himself all suddenly uh, in a situation where he has to question his nihilism and uh, and look at the and try to find his hope again. But it's kind of like it's a end of the world type movie. It where is the end of well, the world has just maybe not the end of the world. Well, I don't know. I'm just saying, like if you were to look at it from a high level, it's, it's kind of like movie. It's mm-hmm. a disto. Yeah, it's one of those movies where. End of the human Things, race. The be. human race, yeah. Like there, there's, there's the tragedy to the human race, and or a new beginning. It's already good getting heavy. My good choice, Children of Men. John, I think we showed Children of Men. We oh, did. Yeah. Uh, I think probably in our first one of our first programs at the Erie Art Museum. 
So Definitely. this will certainly depress everybody. It's great. I'm, I, it is a, it is a phenomenal watch it again. Yeah. Who wants to do a series? Well, I don't know if you guys watch this. I I liked this. It's really entertaining. Um, the IT crowd. Oh, okay. That's you guys know the IT crowd? It's a it's a British comedy, mm -hmm. but it has um, it has uh, Chris O'Dowd in it, the Irish actor who is has actually been in a lot of other movies. His career's kind of taken off a little bit. He's in Bridesmaids. Richard Iodi is in it. So it's about um, the IT department at a huge corporation. You don't really know what the corporation does. It doesn't matter. The IT crowd, uh, the two guys that work in the IT department work in the basement. Everyone throws their junk down there. No one respects them. And uh, they get a female boss who knows absolutely nothing about technology and they trick her all the time. But they end up becoming a gang of three and uh, it's hilarious. It's so Sounds much like fun. a lot of jobs I've had. <laughs> so you might, so you'll probably, uh, you know, yeah, you'll like it, Jeffy. I think you'll like it. I think you'll you love it. To, uh... If you haven't seen it, it's hilarious. It's hilarious. Like it's, it's so funny and it's thir They're less, they're 20 minutes maybe even. I don't even know if they're full 30 minutes. They are very short episodes. Um, but Richard Iodi, if you like the- um, Submarine, I, the double, he's a director. No, no, no. With um, with uh, Noel Fielding, what is this the comedy thing that he does? The Mighty Boosh. Yes, the Mighty Boosh. My God, thank you. <laughs> really, really weird, weird British um, comedy, like odd characters and things like that. But um, the IT crowd, the first three episodes, hilarious. Yes, that is my recommendation. You're gonna watch it and watch the entire first season because it'll be over like that. And you'll love it. There's four seasons and it's all streaming on Netflix. And I'm just going to add this in as a caveat. Later seasons include Matthew Barry, which if you don't know who Matthew Barry is, the guy is. Yeah. Com com like comedy wise can do no wrong. He's hilarious. He's hilarious. Yes. Looking forward to it. Cool. Two early 2000s movie and series. <laughs> Oh, Matt what? Barry, is he in uh, What We Do in the Shadows? He's yes. on the new show. Yes. Okay. Yes. Great. You're going to, if you like that, it, you're going to. Yeah, gonna I love it. What We Do in the Shadows. Yeah. All right. Then we've got our marching orders. That's been our episode. Tonight, we have the 15th anniversary screening of one of my first short films, Hunting Camp, on Facebook. Watch it live with us. What time is it again, Erica? Seven? It's at 7 p.m. 7 p.m. And please show your support and purchase your ticket for our first virtual theater movie in our new series. It's called Earth. You can get through our website and our Facebook page and then join us Wednesday night at 8 p.m. at the Zoom link that you will find on the sales page for Earth. And check out The King on Netflix and The Boys on Amazon Prime. And let us know what you think in the comments section on Facebook. And don't sure forget you... to tune in at 5 o'clock for the annual meeting. Annual meeting also tonight at 5 o'clock. What a packed day. Make sure and follow us on social media. You'll find all the tags and links in the show notes for this episode. Until next time, this was Film Grain. Be safe.